You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Coming to you from Great American Ballpark, it's the Better Off Red Podcast. Here's your host, Jamie Ramsey. Former Cincinnati Reds outfielder, and current Reds Hall of Fame candidate Reggie Sanders kicks off season three of the Better Off Red podcast. He talks about his time in Cincinnati, some of his favorite teammates, and how he considered quitting baseball following the 1995 NLCS. Reggie enjoyed a very successful 17-year big league career in which he was named an All-Star in 1995 and won a World Series championship with the Diamondbacks in 2001. Most Reds fans, however, remember Reggie's tenure in Cincinnati from 1991 through 1998. In those eight seasons with the Reds, Sanders collected 125 homers while swiping 158 bases. He was a very important part of the Reds' success in 94 and 95, culminating with a trip to the National League Championship Series in 1995. Listen to these numbers Sanders posted in 95. In 133 games, he batted 306 with 28 homers, 99 RBI, 36 stolen bases, and a 579 slugging percentage. However, unfortunately, what a lot of Reds fans remember about Reggie in 1995 was his struggles in the NLCS. I'd never known how profoundly that series affected Reggie personally until this podcast. Overall, Sanders is a very worthy candidate for the team's Hall of Fame, and he talks a little bit about what it would mean to him if he were afforded those honors. One of the true gentlemen of the game, Reggie Sanders is the nicest guy you've never met. And if you have met him, you'd agree he's a very special, top-notch human being. To open up Season 3 of the Better Off Red podcast, here's Reggie Sanders. I'm pleased to be joined by Reggie Sanders. Reggie Sanders, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Thank you so much for reaching out. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, when I, I knew it was time to uh, put together a, another season of the podcast, y- your name was right at the top of the list. And uh, especially it kind of coincides with uh, with the fact that you're on the Reds Hall of Fame ballot. So congratulations mm-hmm. for that. And uh, I think that would be a good segue into uh, into the to this interview here. And just want to ask you, uh, what does that feel like to be, you know, on the ballot for the Reds mm-hmm. Hall of Fame. I mean, the, it's the oldest team in baseball, and uh, you obviously left a lasting impact here. Right. Well, I think you said it perfectly at the end. It's about legacy and uh, also knowing that my time there uh, was meaningful. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's such a wonderful community. Um, you know, it's funny because my I have uh, four girls, but two of my, my kids were – uh, born in Cincinnati as well. So it, Cincinnati is definitely uh, near and dear to my heart. So it's an honor to be on the ballot. And can you just tell us a little bit about what it would mean to you if you were to uh, uh, get in as a as a Hall of Famer? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it's, um, you know, obviously as a player, you know, we always set out to do good and uh, to make uh, sure that whatever we do, that we do it with integrity and the best interests of the organization that we're playing for. 
And so whenever there's an opportunity to, uh, from a personal level, to get recognition, um, definitely in, from, the, from the Hall of Fame perspective, um, it's just an honor. And words just can't express uh, the gratitude in terms of uh, what the organization uh, think of myself in terms of what I have done on and off the field. Absolutely. And you, uh, I'm looking at some of the, the numbers that you put up and you're definitely, you know, stat worthy as they say, but I think what kind of goes unnoticed with, with some folks who don't, aren't so familiar with the, the, the statistics and, and whatnot is what kind of player, what kind of person you were, um, you know, in the clubhouse and on the team and in the community. And I think that, that for my money, that goes a long way as well. Well, well, thank you. It, it's interesting because when you think of uh, from a time perspective, I mean, this has probably been over 20 years, I would imagine, um, you know, since I've since I've been there. And so, you know, I'm competing against, uh, you know, obviously uh, players that have played uh, before me as well. And so having said that, uh, regardless of whatever the outcome is, it's just that I'm just grateful just to be um, a part of the ballot. Do you still follow the team? I do. I do. I, uh, I work uh, with the Kansas City Royals uh, now um, as a special assistant to baseball operations. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I play definitely pay close attention to the Royals. But um, here nor there, I do uh, pay attention to, to uh, all of my former, t- former teams. And Cincinnati is definitely uh, one of them. Absolutely. Uh, real quick, Reg, why number 16? Hmm. Well, originally it started with 11. And uh, <laughs> so obviously we know who 11 is. <laughs> and you know, it's funny because, okay, so I, I, I came up as a shortstop. My mm-hmm. number was 11. And uh, so they said, man, you, you making it tough on yourself. And so they said, well, we, we got a couple of things that, that could be an issue. Uh, the first one is uh, we love your talent. Uh, we love what you uh, can do, and we think that you could help us uh, uh, on the major league squad, but we have a conundrum. And I say, well, what is that? What is that difficulty? They said, well, you are a shortstop, but we need you to move to the outfield. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why? They said, well, <laughs> we have this guy named Barry Larkin. Uh, he's probably going to, you know, end his career here. So we would you make that transition? I said, absolutely. I would definitely make that transition. So I made that transition. And then uh, Eric Davis got hurt in 1991. And uh, then I got the call up in August. And they said, now we got the second problem that we were talking about. And I said, well, what's that? Well, it's 11. <laughs> so I said, okay, all right. So let's just choose 16. And so that's how I got the number 16. Gotcha. So you mentioned Eric Davis, and I remember, you know, I, I grew up a Reds fan, and you know, there was a lot of uh, a, a lot of hype when you were drafted in 1987, and uh, you were a seventh rounder, and you came up through the rankings, and each level you succeeded at, not only succeeded, but you 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 were really excelled at the at the levels coming up through the system, and to the point that you. St- the comparison started to being made. And I would, I want to know if, um, if as a player and as a person, you remember hearing those comparisons uh, of you to Eric Davis. Yeah. Protege. Yeah. That's what, that's what uh, the word was um, around the Reds organization, protege, protege. And so when I got the call up um, 
um, in 91 and I met Mars Schott for the first time and uh, went to her office and she said, son, <laughs> she said, you know, I'm hearing so many great things about you. I am happy to have you here. You will be my next Eric Davis. Oh, boy. <laughs> and I, said, I said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> as long as there's no pressure, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> and then, by the way, here is a piece of Shotzi's hair. <laughs> Are you serious? Did she do that? Yes, oh, I my am. Goodness. You know, that was her. That was always her good luck. Uh, way oh, yeah. of you know showing love so yeah so i yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah I, I so that was what the, the first time of, uh, of of a couple times that you got shotsy's hair i know you got some in 1995 or at least the team yeah the team did yes absolutely yeah you know those are memories um obviously that you will never uh forget and then also having the opportunity um every year to go to her home that she would invite uh the players and remember she would have uh you know the animals and and, and all of that and yeah i mean it's just uh yeah th there's just so many great memories with cincinnati let's talk about a little bit your uh, your first big league game you came in uh, against atlanta and that's going to be a a city and a team that will always uh also be part of you as well just like cincinnati is uh, your first big league game in august of uh 1991 against the Braves and tell me something something I couldn't figure out the next day you, you went to New York to play the Mets in New York and then did you get sent down after that or were you injured or no, no. so what happened um yeah no so when I got called up I never got sent down again um I never once got sent down I, I always stayed up but I there was a ball that was I think I was on second base. There was a ball that was hit, um, a base hit. Uh, I think I was I was coming home, and I forget the catcher, but I dove head first into home plate, and uh, my my rib on the left side got caught into the the knee of his uh, of his shin guard. It wouldn't be and, Tom Pagnazzi, would it? Yes, that's who it is. Yes. And I believe and that play so, that you're talking about now, it's starting to come back to me a little bit. I think you were trying to score on an inside-the-park home run, if I'm not mistaken. Was that what it was? I think that's what it was. Well, I have to okay. go back and look, but I, I want to say that's what it was. I could be wrong on that, but I, I think. Okay. But, wow, that's crazy. That's weird. Yeah, and so what happened, it punctured my lung, and uh, and then I had to obviously be out for I, I forget if, I forget how, how long or whatever. But um, I went to the hospital and uh, and uh, and and yeah, that's what I remember from that. Yeah. So it was an injury that happened at home plate. Wow. So and then you, you eventually got healthy and you were healthy yeah. enough to the next month, almost a month later, you, you slugged that first big league home run. How did that feel? Yeah. Was that in Atlanta? Uh, it was off, uh, yeah, it was off Atlanta's Armando Reynoso. Reynoso, yes, that's right. <laughs> it was the ninth yeah, inning. Right. You, you guys were up oh, six yeah. nothing. You padded the you padded the lead a little bit with a with a home run off Reynoso. I remember that. That was over left left field, the left corner by the foul pole, fair pole. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get yeah, the ball? Was, Did you get to keep turn, the ball? That was turn the field, right? Yeah, that was turn the field. 
Uh, at that time, I believe it was no. I don't think it was Turner Field yet. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was. Uh, I think it was still at uh, old uh, Fulton County. Fulton County, yes, yeah. so you're right. Yeah. Fulton County. I do have that ball. Yes, I do. Very good. Very good. Now I'm going to yeah. give you. I'm going to give you the name of two pitchers, and I want to see if you can tell me the uh, uh, how they relate to each other. Chicago, okay. Chicago's Willie Banks, and Montreal's oh. Carlos Perez. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. They are, they are prominent pitchers in your career. Well, I would say a, a nice little footnote to, in your career. Huh. And night, you got, I, did I get you? Yes. Okay. Well, on July 15th, 1994, off Chicago's Willie Banks, you hit your first red seat home run at Riverfront <laughs> Stadium. Oh, 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 my God. Hey, was Luke Manella? <laughs> Was he the manager in '94? I don't. Th- in '94, that no. would, that would have been uh, Davy Johnson. Davy Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then wow. you did you did it again the next year, in June, off Montreal's Carlos Perez. Oh my God! No, I wouldn't. I would have never gotten that. <laughs> You're just a handful yeah. of guys, Reggie, who've 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 homered up there. I mean, a handful of Reds at least. Yeah, I can see it now. I, I, it's funny how there's so many things that happen when you play that you just, you know, you just go out and just do what you do and not even. Yeah, I, I, I remember that. That's, thank, thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm kind of uh, surprised that you don't you don't remember that, but uh, at least <laughs> the names of the pitchers. But uh, can you tell us what it's like, like for like a regular schmuck like me, what it's like to hit a home run into the red seats? Well, obviously, I wasn't trying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I it, 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 it's hard to express uh, something like that because, you know, all you're trying to do as a hitter is trying to get a good pitch to hit that you can square up to do some damage with. Mm-hmm. And I think at that time, you know, I the the ability in terms of 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 the pathway to the ball and actually to the inside top part of the ball. Uh, was a part of my game, mm-hmm. um, really was reason why I had longevity. Um, but more importantly, the pathway to the ball um, at that time was just on point. And, uh, you know, I, I was at all, obviously, uh, at that time when it went up to, you know, that level anyway, because I didn't think I was that strong enough to do that. In BP, more, not in a game at, at least, right? <laughs> um, so yeah, so no, but as a player, I mean, we definitely don't try to do that. But sure. when that happens, I mean, it, it just lets you know um, that you you need to stay where you are. You played with uh, some guys um, that could really hit, a, hit them up there. Uh, I remember, mm-hmm. uh, especially that 95 team. You and Ron Gann, I tell you what, I don't know who had uh, who had bigger muscles. You guys, you guys really kept in shape, and you you took care of yourself. And I think uh, you know that's part of. Uh, you mentioned a reason why you played so long. I think that's obviously another reason. What was it like to? I mean, what was your? You, you had to be. There was a dedication involved there to not only keep your body in shape, but to keep it in shape to play baseball for as long as you did. Yeah, absolutely. I think that foundation. Uh, came from my father. Uh, he was a third-degree black belt oh. in Shoulder Pond, yeah, in Taekwondo. 
And so uh, I'm a black belt um, in Shotokan and Taekwondo as well. And so I, 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 I know the, um, the internal uh, discipline that it takes in order to uh, work, but more importantly, to sustain work. And my dad gave me that infrastructure uh, early enough uh, to where it carried over into all that I do. Do you still practice today? So my dad died of a heart attack at 50. Mm. And uh, yes. And so uh, when he passed away, then that was our connection mm-hmm. uh, together. And so when he passed away, I kind of just I, I didn't have the heart for it sure, anymore. Sure. And um, so so no, I don't practice. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, and is your mom still around? Or yeah, she is. She's doing extremely well. Good. Uh, she's seventy-two, and uh, she looks amazing. Good. And uh, my brother, um, who has autism, um, he lives with my mom as well. And uh, yeah, I mean, everybody is, and my kids and family, and everybody's well. So as uh, you mentioned, your brother has autism. Was that a challenge for you growing up to try to, you know, take care of your brother and you know, maintain your, 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 a normal childhood for yourself? Absolutely. Yeah. That was uh, his protector and still t- to this day, uh, my, my nonprofit organization um, is uh, for him and individuals like him. And so, uh, so yeah, so he's doing extremely well. He's 40 uh, two years old uh, to date. Uh, he's working um, and uh, thriving extremely well. And uh, so, yeah, so I'm very, uh, very blessed to have him as a brother. I think he's probably pretty blessed to have you as a brother, a, a guy that knows black belt <laughs> and a great baseball player and all around good guy. Uh, I, I, I don't think uh, he would have a problem with that at all. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. So we got to talk about it a little bit. I hate to I hate to bring it up because it's a kind of a a, a sore spot uh, if if there is one of your of your career in Cincinnati, and that would be the nineteen ninety five National League Championship Series yeah. uh, against the Braves. You went two for sixteen. You struck out ten times. Uh, what I think people don't realize or I would like to think that history is a little a uh, little more kind to you these days is for the fact that you had to face Tom Glavin, John Smoltz, Greg Maddox, Steve Avery, who was really good at the time. And uh, a lot of people forget about Mark Wollers, who was amazing, yeah. lights out closer at the time. Um, <laughs> let me ask you, Reg, when each of these guys started getting into the Hall of Fame, where you just kind of like, yes, that's some, that's some added, like, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Now my point's proven a little bit. <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, well, I- I'll say it this way. Um, as, as, as being in the front office now for uh, the Kansas City Royals and really understanding um, the other side of the equation, when it comes to postseason, there are certain individuals that they will not allow to on a team opposing team that they're not going to allow to beat you Mm -hmm. and so what they will do good pitching organizations will pick one person we're going to exploit this person we're going to do any and everything to make sure that this person 
does not succeed because if he does succeed, then the team is going to win. Mm -hmm. And so I believe that, number one, and obviously being with uh, Atlanta for um, in 2000 Mm -hmm. and getting a chance to play uh, with all the guys that you uh, just talked about, I'd ask a question to them. I said, well, you know, uh, in 95, you guys went, you know, went to the World Series. You won the World Series. I was a part, obviously, of Cincinnati Reds. So at that time, what were your your thought in terms of with the Reds? And they said, well, we know that we were not going to let you beat us. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And I'm like, yeah. and I said, yeah, you guys did your job. But <laughs> I said, it's interesting because I just wanted to know because everything else leading up to that, I was, every, I was just doing a great. Mm-hmm. But then once I got to Atlanta, they really exposed uh, me in that sense. And so, um, but that still does not, uh, uh, for me, um, negate uh, the, 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 the lack of support that I was able to give uh, to the team at that particular time. Because as an athlete, let me tell you this, as an athlete, man, I mean, we 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 work so hard to get to that point, and when you don't seize that those moments of triumph, then it it it's a difficult process to overcome. And I still do remember those those uh, those negative thoughts and things that may occur um, to this day, um, you know, in, in the '95 uh, season. Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, it could be justified, but I think some of it has to do with, you know, the, the fact that you made the last out of that series. That was the last series in which the Reds were in the postseason until, you know, many, 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 many years later. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was just kind of the lasting image. And you're also, you're, all, and I think some of it has to do with the fact that uh, I know for a fact that a lot of fans in Cincinnati were still affected by the strike in '94. So yeah. there's a little yeah. bit, there's a bitter taste in fans' mouth already going into the series. And then when you couldn't advance, you know, they picked on the the guy who was the least successful who had the highest hopes probably. And that was probably you. And uh, I think some of it's unfair, Um, but Hey, you went on to play 64 postseason games. Not all of them obviously Mm -hmm. was Cincinnati, but you've got to be proud of that, that you were a part of uh, uh, five different teams that went to the postseason. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's amazing. You just don't know um, what the journey will look like. Uh, but you got just got to continue to go through the process and uh, the ability to be able to uh, go beyond uh, the 95 season and continue to carry forward um, is uh, was uh, rewarding for me, obviously, and also for my family and my fans. And um, so getting an opportunity at, uh, to win the World Series in, in 2001. Uh, getting a chance to go back in 2002 with San Francisco, we lost to Anaheim, um, and then 2004 uh, going to the World Series with St. Louis, we lost to Boston in four games in 04, and then uh, then 2005, uh, you know, uh, getting beat by Houston to go to the World Series, um, and then there's obviously some other spots in there in terms of postseason, but. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it definitely for me and my family was a rewarding, um, uh, uh, I guess, a rewarding baseball career uh, on all levels. You mentioned that 2001 team with uh, the World Series champs that you played. You played on Arizona 
that year. How special was not only that year, but that World Series? Mm, mm, there's, you know, there are so many amazing moments. Uh, one that that kind of started the, the, the whole winning process was Tony um, Womack, uh, his father, uh, early earlier in the year had passed away. And uh, it was a really a moment um, for us as a team and an organization to support him uh, in a meaningful and an encouraging and in loving way. And so it really brought a bond um, that I think that just changed the paradigm for uh, the culture um, of the team at that time. Because uh, you think of the team that we had. I mean, we had guys that could have been on any team a star mm-hmm. uh, in their own right. And uh, the, the some of the missing pieces were uh, some of them have never gone to the postseason, uh, more, have, haven't even won a World Series. And they were on the uh, verge of, you know, being out of baseball mm-hmm. and so this was an opportunity really for uh you know all these guys that, that that have done some damage in the game to really come together and and uh and do something powerful so i think that 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 tony uh walmack piece really brought us together and you mentioned some of these teams that you played for that went to the postseason and i'm thinking of some of these players that you played with and my goodness you had uh, some amazing teammates that have made a major impact in this game. I'm thinking Barry Larkin, Barry Bonds, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Ch- Chipper Jones, mm-hmm. Randy Johnson, mm-hmm. Albert Pujols. Uh, am I missing mm-hmm. anyone, or is there any of these, any of those guys that I mentioned? Is there anything that that you have memories of regarding these fellas? Yeah, and, and you know it was interesting. I didn't go to postseason uh, with with him. Uh, but um, as you was reading those names off, the, the person that that came into my into my psyche strong was Tony Gwynn. Mm. Um, and I was I was with the, obviously with playing with San Diego. I was batting fourth. Tony was batting third. And um, and we were in Montreal and uh, he uh, I was hitting behind him when he hit his three thousand hit. Oh. And I just remember just running to first base to congratulate him as well as with the team and just how blessed I was in that moment just to be a part of history. Right. Mm-hmm. Not my own, but, you know, my teammate. And so um, those things like that are things that um, we as ball ballplayers uh, yearn for. And it, it's it's rewarding when we can be a part of something that is beyond us and where we can witness and share and love and just encourage and and just be a teammate. And so those are the moments that that I remember uh, to this day in terms of all of that. How about managers? You, you played for Lou Pinella, Tony Perez for a little while. Yeah. Davey Johnson. Uh, I think Bruce Bochy. Uh, our man Dusty Baker, yeah, Tony Larusa, uh, yeah, you played for a lot of guy, a lot of really great managers. Uh, does I did. Any and of I those guys stick out? Oh my God! Every every one that you 
Yeah, Bobby Cox. I mean, everyone that you. Okay, so uh, Tony La Russa is still um, to this day. Uh, uh, I will call him father. Yeah. Um, I actually just met with him uh, last week. I was in. Uh, we have our instructs in um, in Arizona, and um, so I was out there, and so we kind of uh, uh, hooked up and and had dinner and and just rekindled. You know, so we we keep in contact uh, quite often. Um, Davy Johnson, I would have to say, would probably uh, is the man that uh, through the 95 season was there for me the most. Mm -hmm. um, he was a manager at that time and um, and he was able to support me in a way that uh, that I would never forget. Um, that was a time when um a lot of people turned their back uh, on me, and he uh, was a leader um, for me uh, in a way that was quite powerful. And uh, and and the beautiful thing in that is what he's taught me is is that uh, we all deal with adversity, um, but it is the ones that. Uh, can really be true and authentic uh, within themselves to be able to support someone when they're going through it themselves. So Davy Johnson is will always, always be near and dear to me and my family's heart. Um, they, uh, let's see. Real quick, got, real uh, quick, Reg. Was yeah, that was that yeah. because of the postseason or? Yeah. Yes. That was yes. the okay. Got it. Yes. 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 That was because of the postseason. Absolutely. Yes. Because there was a point. Uh, there, there really was a point where I was like questioning whether if I wanted to continue to do that or not, mm. play baseball or not. Yeah. There was there was that point to it was. Uh, yeah. 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 So when so, people, and, when people say this is a humbling game, you can you can attest to that firsthand, right? Every player can, not just me. Mm -hmm. All players go through it. Uh, it it's um, uh, it is a very challenging uh, game um, in terms of all of it. And it's uh, one day you could be on top of the world, the next day you could not. Mm -hmm. And are you strong enough? And do you have the will enough to overcome all of that, good or bad? Yes. What about Dusty? Dusty, man, Dusty <laughs> is a man. So San Francisco is where uh, Dusty and I, um, he was a manager and I was a player. And uh, I, people would always talk about Dusty and he's a player manager and everybody loves him. And then I got the chance to be a part of uh, his team. And I, I witnessed and saw uh, and, and felt um, all that everyone was talking about. I mean, this is a man that cares about people, mm -hmm. um, cares about his players, and he loves the game. And he's, he's willing to do whatever it takes uh, for his players to succeed and put them into a situation where they can succeed. And that's, he, is, he, is, he is the epitome of class. So I would guess that part of you is kind of rooting for the Nationals this postseason. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> if, if you hear, I mean, you think about if you think about uh, 
the critics in terms of what they say um, about him um, and all of his accomplishments, but he has not accomplished this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's, uh, it would be rewarding on all levels if, if he could get uh, that ultimate goal. And so I'm praying for him uh, that, that, that it happens. So there's always been kind of a, and I'm sure you're aware of it. Uh, I don't know if it's been hyped up by the media or what, but the, the Tony La Russa, Dusty Baker kind of beef throughout the years. And it, it just, it's funny to me that even if it is true, it's funny to me that you're so close with both of those guys that <laughs> I, I think that shows what kind of person you are to like, you know, kind of stay out of the middle of it, stay out of that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's beyond me. And that has, that, to be honest with you, that has nothing to do with me. <laughs> I, 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 as a guy that's known Dusty for a long time or, you know, for a few years now, uh, or when, at least when he was here, uh, I never really got that. I, I think that was more kind of, uh, built up, uh, in the media than it was in real life. So yeah. I, I don't know how real that is or not. Well, most of it, most of, yeah. So most of stuff like that is, is typically, um, uh, news, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, if if uh, yeah, I I I don't want to go too into it, but I, I'll just say that uh, both men are men with integrity, men with resolve and dignity. Very good. Let's go back to a little bit. If you have any, uh, a little bit to your Reds days, is, is there anything that you liked about playing at Riverfront Stadium? It was a good hitter's ballpark. (laughs) (laughs) Probably like Great America ballpark, right? (laughs) Well, speaking of, you know, a lot of people out there listening probably aren't aware that as a Pittsburgh Pirate, Reggie Sanders is the first guy to hit a home run in Great American ballpark. That's right. That's right. Yes. That's like a full circle moment, right? It really is. It kind of (laughs) is. So you hit a ton of home runs, including a couple red seed home runs as a red at Riverfront, and then as a pirate of all teams, you came in here and hit the you, you hit the first home run here at Great American. I remember that as well. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Very that, cool. That's uh, that was the first game here. Obviously, um, how many ballparks have you opened up? Do you uh, throughout the years? Do you remember you know being a in a game in which it was the first game at a new ballpark? Good question. Um. I would say, uh, whoa, that that may have been the only one. Reggie, you've done everything else in this game, and that's the only one. But <laughs> <laughs> you kid, you kidding me right now? No, I think that may have been the only one, if if I'm recalling this correctly. Huh. That's that got that, that's yeah. got to be different for a player too. After you know, when you're playing against the same teams every year, and especially you, Reg, you had a you had a really successful long career. You played in um, a long time, and you played at each stop along the way. And to to have a new ballpark enter that mix is kind of kind of weird, huh? Yeah, it's extremely weird. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm more I'm happy because you know when when I played. Uh, in that back in that era, it was all turf fields. Remember, mm-hmm. and uh, and so when they made the transition to 
the grass fields, you know, we were just so excited about that. And now it's just interesting how uh, quickly new stadiums are being built um, in terms of that and the longevity of a new stadium now. It's like, I don't even know if it's even 10 years anymore. It's like you can get a new stadium and it's as quickly as, you know, as, as they right. go out. Absolutely. You know, but, yeah. uh, but, but I, I would say this in terms of new stadiums, um, it, it, nothing is coincidental. Um, nothing just happens by chance. And I just think that it was just fitting for, you know, me to be uh, in terms of the Cincinnati new stadium you know, hitting the first home run, um, it just really just brought back for me at that time a full circle moment. And that's what I felt that home run was about for me was about a full circle moment. Very nice. Now, before we wrap things up, Reggie, I'm going to give you a couple names of teammates that you, you played with in Cincinnati and just give me a brief um, okay. a, a brief description on what your thoughts are on that player. Uh, first yeah. off, we're going to start off with Barry Larkin. Uh, class. Uh, I, I ran into his wife uh, last week. I was coming home from um, I was coming home from Arizona, uh, and she was coming from Arizona visiting uh, her husband, and haven't seen her in twenty years. So oh, it was great man. to see her. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah, I know. She said, "I'm like Lisa. I'm like Reggie. I'm like, oh my god. I'm like, yeah." So anyway. So that wasn't what you asked me, but <laughs> no, no, that's good <laughs> but stuff. Anyway, but the class, Paul O'Neill. Ooh, Paul. Uh, grit. Mm-hmm. How about uh, Bip Roberts? Bip. All around. Yeah. He had that really good season that you were you were in Cincinnati in that '92 yeah. year. He did, yeah, but all around. How about Benito Santiago? Mm. I would say, wow, yeah, I played with him in San Francisco too. Um, he's he, uh, from your knees. Yeah. I mean, would throw, from, throw you out. Uh, great catcher. How about Dion Sanders? Fast. How many times right. did you, did you get asked if you were related when he was here? I know, right? I mean, <laughs> even to the even to the point where they right. Remember, they had Dr. R, I mean, D. Sanders, R. Sanders. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, fast. Okay, one more. Jose Rio. Ooh, Jose Rio. Um. At the time, best slider in baseball. Wow, wow, very cool, very cool. Did I did I leave anyone out in your days that you would like to mention? Um, you know, what was impactful was Glenn Braggs. Ah, yes, yeah, Glenn Braggs was very impactful for me. Um, you know, he was a guy when I first got called up, gave me, um, you know, he let me stay with him. Um, gave me a key to his apartment, uh, gave me a car to drive. I mean, he took care of me like a brother. Another impactful guy, um, not when I first got called up, but when he came over um, in 94, I think it was, uh, was Kevin Mitchell. Mm. Um, Kevin Mitchell was definitely another impactful uh, individual uh, for me. Uh, Mike, remember Michael Jackson? Mike Jackson? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Great yeah, relief pitcher. Yeah. Wore yeah. his hat down low. 
Yeah, you go. You do remember. <laughs> yeah. So no. So that's yeah. Good. Good stuff, man. Hey, Reg. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you taking some time, and I know some folks out there in Red's land are going to be really pleased to to hear you on here with us. Well, thank you so much, and always call if you need me. Okay, Reggie. Take care. All right, you too. Bye bye. What a great pleasure it was to chat with Reggie Sanders, one of the best baseball players we've ever had the good fortune to watch in Cincinnati. We here at Better Off Red hope he enjoys lasting success in his career off the field, and we wish him and his family all the best. If you're on Twitter and or Instagram and you'd like to keep up with Reggie, you can follow him on both platforms at Reggie Sanders, R-E-G-G-I-E, Sanders, S-A-N-D-E-R-S. That does it for us on the season premiere of the Better Off Red podcast. Before we go, I'd like to offer thank yous to Reggie Sanders for coming on the show and to Nick Prince, who puts in all of the hard work to make this show possible. I hope you join us next week as we'll have former Reds outfielder Cal Daniels joining us. You won't want to miss this very candid interview with number 28, Cal Daniels. This is the Better Off Red podcast. I'm Jamie Ramsey. Thanks for listening and expect good news.